Hello, dear listener, and welcome to Little Realms, a D&D actual play podcast. And last time on Little Realms. We tricked Vim into going shopping on Victor's dime. That woman is going to get herself demolished one of these days if she doesn't start wearing some armor. The beautiful Rothko is going to make her some that she'll never want to take off. And then we went to Nikita's Apothecary, where I bought a trove of exotic reagents. I've got a brilliant plan with these reagents. It's going to be killer. I hope so, anyway. <laughs> I tracked down Ysidro, the mercenary who had been working for Captain Mirne before wisely quitting when it became clear that his end was nigh. I need some competent backup, so I've hired her to do some investigating around town about the strange events in the forest. That taken care of, I next tracked down Marin, who proved much harder to find. When I finally did run across her, she insisted that we return to her office and wait for Jarrell. Apparently, she wants something from us. Whatever it is, I can't imagine it's going to be anything good. So Vim and Cyrus head towards the university ahead of Jarrell. Uh, it's not super hard, Vim and Cyrus, to find the library. Vim's also been there once because that's where the printing press is. You've been there twice because it's also where the mail office is. Oh, fuck. It is also where the mail office is. I forgot about the mail thing. So you actually did meet Judy really briefly. Yeah, I met her when we went to the printing press. She helped us find the back. It's true. So you, Vim, can lead the way to the library. And almost as soon as you round the corner into that main area. Well, hello, darling. It's so lovely to see a familiar face again. Hi, Vim. Oh, uh, hello, Judy. It's nice to see you, too. I, uh... I was bringing my friend Cyrus here to the library. He has some business here. Um, Judy, Wait, this is Cyrus. Well, well, well. If it isn't the minx of Mithrin. <laughs> well, well, well. If it isn't little frog bottom. Power bottom to you, bitch. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I've been waiting for my whole life. <laughs> oh no. Wow. I'm... Hardcore. Bim turns like fucking crimson <laughs> at this. Cyrus, you wouldn't know what a bottom was if someone sat on you. I see you still look like a bulldog. Getting a lot of tail with that mush face of yours. More than you're getting, honey. Come over here, you old bag of skin and bones. Judy rounds the reception desk and gives Cyrus a big old hug. It's been a long time since those yuletide orgies. 
It's been fun. <laughs> oh my god, they haven't figured out what a Yuletide orgy is here yet. No, no. Finn? <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> no. Vim just self combusted. Vim die. You said Vim. God damn it! I was waiting. <laughs> I think that like Vim's like no, no, and her face is turning redder and redder, and like she turns to like the first book thing she can find on the counter. So it's like the first time she's ever looked at like a, a card bug. With interest, Jim, <laughs> you look down at the book that Judy had open. She does like sex doodles, doesn't she? <laughs> and it's like a full page spread of like a half orc and an elf. Oh yeah! No, Jim wow. like starts to like rifle through it. <gasps> oh god! And then like shuts it real quick. She's just standing there, like, stiff as a board, and just, like, looking at the ceiling, like, I don't, I, oh, God. Um. Oh, Cyrus, you brought a shy friend with you, that's okay. We love everyone here. Vim, you're looking redder than usual. No, don't, don't let me interrupt y'all. I will just go and see myself over to, um, literally anywhere else. Okay. A line she learned from Jarrell. <laughs> Holy shit, it's been aged. It's been decades. How are you doing? Well, I'm here. I'm doing pretty good for being here, if I'll be honest. Are you still drawing those erotic novels? Oh my god, yes. That's wonderful. Let me tell you, Simon hates me. <laughs> or loves me, I can't tell. Who's Simon? He's the poor sap that has to print them. <laughs> well, oh my God. Mithrin always was a town full of prudes, but I'm glad you came down to our neck of the woods to get your freak on. Oh, you never saw Yelchit back in the day, did you? Excuse me? The bartender. He had this big old lady friend, let me tell you. You could hear him through the whole town. Wait a no. second. I know one Yelchin. Are you talking about a second Yelchin? The one at Journey's End. He's a player. He would give you a run for your money as a power bottom. Jesus Christ. I... I don't know. <laughs> this is an odd-numbered session, right? Am I editing this one? Both, both Cyrus and Anna are flabbergasted. What do I say to that? <laughs> That's... It's amazing. <laughs> Are you spinning tails again, you old hag? Oh god, no, I can't make up something like that! Well, my friend here is rather shy. Perhaps we should get to business and you and I can catch up at a later date and get to the bottom of this real power bottom business. <laughs> the bottom! <laughs> what do you need, Sonny? Uh, in the background, Vim has, uh... Vim has disappeared. <laughs> But because she's so tall, we see that she's like, she's gone over to like the nearest book section and it's like the bestsellers aisle. Is it just like her horns are peeking over the top and the tip of her tail like around the corner, just bright red? Oh, and then what we see is like the camera pans up and Vim's like holding a book and she's looking at it. But then we realize that she's in bestselling erotica. (laughs) 
It's just all books written by Judy. <laughs> Plus one collector's edition of Tack and Awful. Oh my god. So this is where Mirnega is. <laughs> Cyrus looks around, doesn't see his friend, so he just shrugs and goes back to Judy. Uh, Judy, <clears throat> remember back in our orgy days when... You know, we would kick off the Yuletide with a good shroom fest, and then we'd get all freaky and pull out the Ouija boards and try to talk to deities and summon monsters from other planes. You remember all that nonsense? Oh my god, I do. Do you still have any idea what we might have talked to that one time? Well, I think it was a bullywog that was just walking by, and we were too high to realize it. But <laughs> That but, seems correct. I'm looking for <laughs> some more sober guidance in a summoning, actually, and you're just the person to help me. And I pull out my uh, beholder's eye stalks. <laughs> what do you know of beholders? Beholders, what? Or gazers? What? There. What? Where did you get those? Well, you see, my dungeon master fucked up and sold them to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> she was too distracted by the buttholes. <laughs> you know? I probably remember your dungeon master selling you something that had a nonsense title. <laughs> She sold me some Edercap anus and Beholder's eye stalks, and I can use these to summon a gazer. <laughs> Point me to where any books of summoning are, preferably not ones written by high druids like myself. All right, we could take you to that section. Uh, Vim, do you want to come with us? Vim, like, ducks her head out of the aisle she's in, and she's like half opening tack and awful and then the, she sees it's all like leather and pony play stuff and then she just it just the, I think the book like just melts through her fingers onto the ground <laughs> and she just like nods really quick and just like she leaves it on the ground and just runs anywhere else <laughs> Judy does in fact take you to the correct section you know, this section has some more rare ingredients listed in it, and the books are older. You might have better luck there. These over here are more like your day-to-day -day healing potions and stuff like that. Thanks, Judy. You always were, doll. And I look at her and I say, and you still got it. Of course I do. You do as well. And she, like, pinches one of your butt cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> Under or over the smock? <laughs> I, you know what? Forget I asked. I don't actually want to know the answer. I think what you asked was better than any reaction I can give, so. <laughs> it's under. Oh, oh. If only I... I don't know what to say. If only I... If only I didn't like oh, guys. Oh, it's okay, I no Cyrus. Idea. I know you're not interested in me. In another timeline, Judy, we would have been great together. <laughs> Oh, we're still great together, honey. So if you need any more help, you know where to find me. Goodbye, Minx of Mithrin. We'll catch up later. Goodbye, sweet cheeks. All right. So you're in this book aisle. <laughs> what exactly are you looking for? So I have the reagents to summon a gazer, but I don't have the ritual. I am looking for the ritual. Okay, roll... Arcana. Here we 
<laughs> Do I have inspiration for anything? <laughs> I'm pretty sure you spent your inspiration pretty quickly after you got it. Alright, so Arcana. I got a 10 on my Arcana check. It takes you a really long time to find the book. Vim, do you want to help at all? Or are you just kind of along for the ride? Vim has self-immolated. Um, <laughs> Vim is dead. Roll a saving check. <laughs> Vim is dying. We see her doing that thing where, like, you're doing a paper and you're in the library and you're stalling. <laughs> Even though the paper is due tomorrow, so you're like in the section with the books you need, and you're just like walking back and forth, dragging your finger over the spines of all the books. And every once in a while, you pull one off the shelf, and you're like, "Oh, that has a nice front page," and then you put it back. You do eventually find the book, Sires, but it's gonna take you a couple of hours. <laughs> Hey Vim, are you done blushing? Uh, oh, what well, I I have um, gosh, I have uh, and then she flips her hair. I have no idea what you are talking about. <laughs> well, check this out, and I pull out this long phallic-like stalk, and I start wiggling around. <laughs> I, 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 uh, um, come closer, examine it. No, I, oh God, I'm going to set the library on fire. Wait, wait. Bim takes psychic damage, uses hellish rebuke. (laughs) All right, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. There's nothing sexual here. Look. I'm doing something really fun. Can I let you in on a secret? I am always up for a little bit of fun. All right. Well, there's no way in hell I would come to a library if it weren't for fun. And I could not get these in Borgberg. These are pretty neat. These are called beholder stocks. With it, I can summon a monster. And I'm looking for... Why? Hmm? Why would you want to summon a monster? To fight it, of course. What? I suppose it could guard something. That's, I believe that's what the old fairy tale said. You can, with the stalks, summon a guardian. We could do that, or, or we could fight it. Why, Cyrus, would we want to summon something? I, I only know of beholders what I've heard from, from tales and from, gosh, the, the stories of those who didn't make it. What had, what do you know? Because all I know is the ramblings of high druids and people who were talking to bullywogs. <laughs> Ooh, Candace, should I roll something to determine how much Vim knows about beholders? Yeah, roll history. Uh, so I just get a flat ten. <laughs> ten crew, what's up? What's up? The story that Vim can call to mind about a beholder is one of those like fairy tale fables that you tell your tiefling children at night as a cautionary tale. Uh, If you encounter one of these things, do not talk to it, do not engage with it, and certainly do not fight it or it will end badly. Yep, that checks out. (laughs) And and Vim basically relates that to Cyrus. Just, (laughs) they're, they're exceptionally powerful. They're 
they're kind of like a like a boogeyman that we tell stories about, but but they're they're an actual real thing you need to be careful around. And hope you never come across. Cyrus gets so excited and he has the worst poker face, but after a minute he composes tries to compose himself. He's like, Okay, Vim, I'll I'll be real careful. Thank you for that warning. <laughs> He's just so happy right now. <laughs> oh Lord. Vim looks a little concerned at his reaction, but is I don't know, she I think she's hoping that it's some kind of like ridiculous foolhardy plan and she starts filling in like gaps for herself to kind of make this thing from Cyrus make sense. Look, look, I'm not actually it's not actually a beholder I'm summoning. It's something lesser, like a piece of a beholder. I believe they call them gazers. Surely we're strong enough. <laughs> so you just want to fight one? Oh gosh, this <laughs> you're not gonna you're you're not gonna put cord witness me in the sky again, are you? Maybe. Okay, well, whenever you do this, make sure I'm there. <laughs> Deal. You're not gonna try to stop me, are you, Vim? I brought you because you're the fun one. Vim <laughs> can't help but like smile at that and then she just nods like yeah I'm the fun one Ooh. oh man and goes just make sure that all of us are there to back you up when you do this I can do that but <clears throat> in order for that safety precaution to happen I still need to find the ritual I know this is as tedious for you as it is for me but many hands make less work do you mind trying to find a, a ritual with me. Uh, yeah, sure, as long as there's, like, a picture of it next to it. <laughs> All right. So, uh, does she need to make a roll, or...? Go ahead, yeah, you can make a roll also, Arcana. Okay, it's whatever it is on the die. Fuck yeah, 20! What the fuck? Oh my god. Oh, this dice. I have no bonuses to this at all. It is just a 20. She grabs, like, the first book, and that's it. It's just by luck. Bib does that same thing where it's like she just is running her hands like, well, I had a cool picture earlier. <laughs> Bim turns the book around and Cyrus like looks over the page and this is the exact page that you needed. It's got the lucky touch. Well, hot damn, Vim. <laughs> Who knew? I guess we are cut out for this. Library researching gig. We look, look at us. We, look at us go. We've got everything we need here in mere, I don't know, minutes, hours. How long did that take, Candace? It's going to take a couple hours still. No, no, we, um, we, we should tell Jarell about this. Jarell, I think, would actually be very proud. Ooh, I remember when I said <laughs> you were the fun one? Jarell is very fun, but in a different way. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> what if, although Jarell does like to learn things, so perhaps their thirst for knowledge will overcome any caution. Sure, I'm I'm down with telling Jarell. Yes, we will tell Jarell so that Jarell can be proud of us. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us researchers go. Elsewhere in the university. I'm looking in the science building, which she pointed out to me. And Jarell is like not in a hurry. Like they're interested in sort of looking around, like seeing what's here, like anything that they could potentially use in the future. Clad in their university 
research attire. Yeah. So switching through the halls of the science building clad in blue, Jarell is doing the thing where you're delaying going to the meeting with your advisor as long as possible. No, no, they're excited to meet her, but they want to like, they're very curious about the building too. Like they want to meet Mary. Okay. But they want to know about the resources here. And is, is there a lab that they can use? Is there, you know, they're a little bit thinking about... Yotam, kind of, and going like, you know, back at my university, we have special classrooms that have like dampening spells on the walls and things. Like, is there anything like that? They're kind of just poking around while looking for her. Okay. So, while poking around the science building, you figure out that there are two and a half wings to it. Um, one wing is locked, like the double doors to get to it, and kind of looking through the window in those double doors, you can see behind them a really large open space with some sort of metal apparatus in it. All the lights are dim, though. Mm -hmm. You find another wing that seems to be classrooms. There's a classroom with some desks in it, and then there is another classroom that's got lab benches. There's a back wall that has like different glassware items on it. And then you finally find the third wing is open and is this long hallway that doesn't seem to go anywhere at first. And then you hit double doors that are also locked. You're looking through and that room looks pretty oddly vacant, except for something in the middle of the room that's kind of like dark and amorphous shape and you can't make out what it is. Wait, is this like a large room? It's like a large, large lab room. Is it open? You try the door and it's not. You look to your left and you see through the window in the door, Marin looking at you through the window. One eyebrow sort of cocked in place and then makes a motion to come on in. Jarell's whole face lights up and they wave at her and they come through the door. <laughs> Marin does not wave back. Hello, Marin. Uh, how are you? Uh, Arden, you're here too. Hi. <laughs> yes, well, I had things to discuss. I hope I'm not interrupting anything. Oh, no, of course not. I assume whatever you wanted to talk about, we can all talk about together. I mean, you're like in the same group of people, right? Well, well uh, yes, we are. We've become very good friends, but, I mean, we don't work together, if that's what you mean. Wait, isn't it? Well, not quite the opposite, but we definitely were working together. Jarrell frowns at you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you seem to have been working together the other night. Jarrell rolls their eyes a little, like, okay, guess we... we <laughs> that's not a real job, though. <laughs> Come on. You could have fooled me. Well, we're just folks of many talents, I suppose. <laughs> They've got a book under their arm, and they're kind of like uh, switching their finger between Marin and Arden. So then is your association professional? Or, oh, uh... I, back in the day, I didn't meet him officially, but I knew of Arden a long time ago. Yes. Um, similarly, I knew of Marin, I suppose, a long time ago. Yeah, I, you were... Mm, I believe five. Oh, oh, so you knew him as a child. Four, no, five, six. When is it that 
people not in Arcadia start forming memories? Honestly, I wouldn't know. Jarrell, you might know. Jarrell is looking very curiously at Arden now. Do I know what Arcadia is? Uh, let me rephrase. Nikki doesn't know what Arcadia is. <laughs> uh, Jarrell, roll a Arcana. Mm, not great. I just don't know about the face stuff. Eleven. So it's one of those terms that you're having a conversation with someone and they like drop the word and it feels like you should know what they're talking about but you don't and it's that awkward moment where you're not sure whether you want to play it off as you know exactly what they're talking about or you're just gonna bite the bull and be like please explain what that is also it would be difficult not to catch when that word was said that Arden looked a little bit annoyed I think Jarrell maybe exchanges a look with Arden and kind of maybe picks up on the fact that he looks like he doesn't want to talk about this. And they're kind of like, okay, well, I'm about to say things that I might not want him to question in the moment. So I'm just going to let this slide for now. So Jarrell kind of quirks a smile at him um, and says... That's so lovely that you were uh, able to, to reacquaint yourselves. Oh, it was. Marin speaks up before Arden has a chance to say anything and then continues. Also, we have tea. Come in and sit down. Make yourself at home. And she pours another cup of tea and then puts it in the second spot across the desk and then goes and sits back down. Wait, are we sitting, like, in front of her desk like we're small children being brought to the principal's office? Yep. Well, she's a university professor, so we're more like college kids being brought to the professor's Wait. office. Two yeah. things. I am a college professor, and I don't know what her credentials are. <laughs> so, Jill says, oh, thank you so much. That's so lovely of you. Um, and I, I brought you this. Um, don't worry, there won't be a quiz later. No, no pressure to read it if you're not interested. And they hand her a book. It's not very thick or anything, and it looks, like, pretty new. Marin takes it. What is the book? This book is Observational Case Studies of Deterioration in Cerebral and Psychic Architecture by J.L. Goldenheel. Good lord. <laughs> that is the most awesome title I have ever heard somebody come up with. Also, what is Jarrell's middle name? Oh, they don't have a middle name. But it's an L. Well... If I just put JG, I'd have to fight all my family for the right to just put a J, starting with my triplets. You're talking in character to Sarah out of character. Yes, I am. I love that. (laughs) We should do more of that as a group. (laughs) So Marin actually takes the book, turns it over in her hands, and flips open to the introduction page. And you can see her eyes scanning it. And then she flips past the introduction page and like skims the next two and then gets to the first chapter and starts skimming that as well. You don't need to read it right now if you don't want to. (laughs) She looks up and says, Dr. Goldenheel, I will be honest. I did not expect this level of research to come through 
quite honestly, this podunk town of Mithrin. Well, you know how it is. Sometimes the research calls you and you end up in all sorts of places chasing after it. Oh, Arden and I were just talking about this. I, you have no idea. I mean, I'm very interested to hear in the, what your research ex- experience has been and what sort of things you're working on. Well, Arden here actually caught me coming back from the blacksmith, and I guess it would be fitting to uh, reveal, if you would, what I was picking up from that. And she goes and pulls out the package that she had gotten from the blacksmith, puts it on her desk. Now, I must ask that before we open this, I would like some sort of assurance that you and Arden and maybe even your friends that were involved in the business, and she waves her hand in the air a little flippantly, would you? I know this is asking a lot all of a sudden, and I would reciprocate. Uh, Be willing to help me with this research? Drill is giving her an incredibly puzzled look. Arden narrows his eyes. I am just one person. And Jarrell, you well know, sometimes you just need more people to accomplish your goal. Well, I can certainly um, sympathize with that. I have to admit, i uh, they kind of look from the book they handed her to her. Uh, certainly, I, uh, I, I am interested in uh, supporting... Uh, the building of knowledge uh, wherever it is and, um, you know, um, supporting fellow researchers, but everything that happened the other night aside, I don't want you to misapprehend. Um, I have quite a lot of work that I came here to do myself, and I'm on something of a time budget. Um, I mean, I'm only here for less than a year. I don't really... I didn't really plan to spend a lot of time working on other projects. Oh, I would not dare to infringe upon your time. My research would be quite quick. I'll give a little bit of information about it. As you see, and she sits back in her chair, takes a drink of the tea. I am researching power sources of a sort. The... And she kind of like holds a finger to her lips and seems to be contemplating how to say this. Like magical power or... or, or Magical. Yeah. Magical power sources. You know, when you cast a spell, it uses up reagents. It uses up something to make the energy to cast the spell. Well, I... And she like puts a hand to her chest am researching a way to make that power source stronger and much more renewable. Do you mean maybe a more efficient use of of the power from the same reagents, or do you mean uses of different reagents that are somehow... uh... A different reagent that is more efficient. Arden will speak up. That research is a dead end. You can't use that power... And if you try to, it will end badly for yourself. You should give up. I can't help you with your research if you insist upon going down that path. Jarrell looks kind of startled when he says that and actually looks over and Arden says, 
Well, she hasn't even said what it is yet. I'm assuming you have something that you're pursuing, or or is this more of a theoretical substance or substances? She, like, not physically recoils from Arden's statement, but furrows her eyebrows and says, You assume too much. I have already been successful in using this reagent. It has heated the city, the whole city, last winter. Oh, is this that, um, that, um, drill kind of snaps their fingers from it? Dragon, dragon spit, was it? No, it's not the dragon spit. It's much cleaner than the dragon spit. And it is... Drill's kind of, like, raising a hand, like, where are you going with this? <laughs> it is an exceptional substance. Would you be willing to help me? Joel's looking at her and looks kind of unimpressed. Like, I still don't know what you want. And I assume this exceptional substance is drawn somehow from the forest? In a way, yes, but... Yes, and of course, in a way, no. And of course, in the way, no. I would absolutely love to show the both of you the amazing research that I have done. Amazing, I'm sure, and already nearly fatal to two of my companions. I'm telling you, you should cease. You should search elsewhere. The dragon spit itself is probably a much more promising direction to go. Promising? Have you seen the process it has to go through to be half the fuel my reagent has? Jarell is kind of side-eyeing Arden the way that, like, you side-eye something where you're like, this might explode, but I don't know, and I'm afraid if I move, that'll set it off. Like, oh god, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Arden will say, I'm sure the power that you're using seems like nothing that you've ever seen before, but... Oh, it is like nothing anyone has ever seen before. But it's not... There are people, and you should know this better than I'm sure anyone else in this town. There are people who have seen it before. It's not yours, and it's not safe for you to use it the way you want to. It's not only dangerous for you, it is dangerous for everyone. How can you be so sure? From what I have heard and from what I have seen, I know that what you are doing has already been harmful. I have no interest in helping you kill yourself. Jarell, if you wish to help her, do what you will. Their eyes are like coins right now, and they make a gesture (laughs) under the desk and cast message. Their mouth is just kind of pursed tight, and they, they say by message, Arden, dear? If you're You're trying trying to hide hide the the fact fact that that I know about that book that that N lent you, you're doing a terrible job of it. Arden pauses for a minute. He doesn't immediately respond, but then he stands up and looks over to Jarell and says, Anyway, if you wish to help her, feel free to do so, because I, for what it's worth, will not. And then he's just going to, like, turn around and leave. Jarell kind of stares after him. 
and then turns, like, no change in expression, still just, like, looks like they've been whacked upside the head with a flank <laughs> and wide eyes, and looks at Marin like, huh. Marin holds up her hands, shrugs her shoulders. I have no idea how he made the leap from research to suicide? What type of leap in logic is that? Well, you know, he is a fighter and a mercenary, and they do, you know, see things a certain way and maybe get bumped upside the head sometimes, and I really don't know. Yeah, I, I've worked with the type before, and I get it. And she's, like, nodding her head back and forth, and it's, like, really condescending. So, Jarrell, I know that we could be mutually beneficial to each other. I am personally looking at this book, and she holds out the book, very interested in what you are researching. Jarrell raises an eyebrow. No, I mean, for all, I have not personally looked into matters of the mind very often, and that's fascinating. I, and she flips through the book. I honestly think that I will be reading new material for once in this. Can I roll insight on her? Yeah. 13. From what you can tell, you think she's being genuine. So, sorry, I'm going to think out loud for a minute. Um, I think where Jarrell is at is they want to be in Marin's good graces so that she won't cause problems for them. And they want to spy on her and see what she's up to for N. But they also absolutely don't want to commit any time to what she's doing in a way that might distract them from what they're doing. Like, they kind of want an in. They want a foot in the door, but they don't want to go through it. If that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Gotcha, Um, yeah. And they're kind of... I mean, N said it was dangerous. They trust N, but they're also kind of very curious to see what exactly... um, Marin's up to and why she feels like her line of inquiry is justified. They're kind of like, I mean, you know, like more efficient mm-hmm. power sounds pretty good, but I want to see like your, your proposal um, before mm-hmm. I sign on. Um, and so um, they're going to say, well, I do appreciate your interest. It's certainly a topic that's very important to me. And it does sound like you're doing some very interesting things. I think I, well, I'll be candid with you, Marin. I, I am on quite a bit of a time crunch here. Um, this was an opportunity that I sort of seized um, that, that I wasn't really assured that I would get, and uh, I, I don't want to risk wasting any time that, um, that I might not have in the future. And so certainly if you need a backboard or want to brainstorm it all, um, I absolutely, you know, my ears are open. And of course, I, you know, if you're interested in hearing any of my ideas, I'm, I'm always happy to talk things out. But um, I admit, I'm not, despite how things might have appeared for the last few days, I'm really not in town looking for other work or a research assistantship. Hmm. She nods, says, I see, I see. I might have misrepresented what I was asking. I do not want a research assistantship. It would be more of a one-time deal. Jarrell kind of raises their eyebrows and spreads a hand. 
Well, you can't expect me to, to seriously agree to something up front without having any idea what it is. I would need time to consider and, and weigh whether it fit into my own schedule and, and research agenda. Of course, of course. I think we can work with that. She goes back to the bundle that's on the desk and begins to unwrap it. And what's inside the bundle are three glass canisters that are not completely encased in metal, but there's a lid and there's a bottom that all latch together. So is this all one object or is it multiple? They are three separate canisters. So each one is like a glass canister, but with like a metal top and bottom and then like connections? Correct. Ooh. (laughs) Jarrell kind of sits forward curiously. She holds out one of the canisters to you. Says if you examine that, you will notice that the metal is infused with a magic affecting reagent. It's a truly nifty, to use a human term, invention. Jarrell pulls out their monocle from their pocket and kind of shakes it out and blows on it like and uh, cast Detect Magic as they put it in, and then take a look at this object. It is magical. It would be Abjuration. Hmm. And if I remember right, Abjuration usually has to do with, like, shielding and protection and things like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Is there anything inside the glass? There is not. Is this some sort of uh, shielding or or dampening device for, for whatever you plan to put in here? It is. I find myself in need of more individuals that are willing to help me fill these devices. And what does that require? They're kind of turning it over and over in their hands and like examining the thing very closely. But then when they say that, they peer up at her through their monocle. It requires a person of strong will to accomplish the task that they are set out to do. Joe looks very unimpressed with this explanation. So, filling the flask requires wanting to do it. Okay, it sounds much simpler than it actually is. I have done it myself. Trell raises her eyebrows. She raises her eyebrows in return. Do you want me to elaborate? I was waiting for you to, yes. I assumed there was more to that explanation. Would you be willing to do this? You still haven't really said what it is, Marin. As I said, I'm quite engaged with what I'm already doing. Um, I, you know, what you're doing sounds very interesting, but without a great deal more detail and a very clear idea of what this is going to require, I'm afraid, uh, I don't really know how to help you. She nods and says, you make a good point. I have not offered anything that I can help you with. You misunderstand. My assistance in this matter isn't contingent on, on a quid pro quo. It's it's contingent on more information about what it is you're asking of me. Ah, I understand. Would you permit me to show you then? Certainly. So, quick question, Arden. Where is Arden headed? He'll wait up for a couple of minutes to see if Jarell is coming out. Uh, but after that, he's going to head back to journey's end and also he has a little bit of shopping to do too so like i think i'm down with short sword still okay 
So Arden waits for a little bit at the, you know, entrance of the science building. And then when Jarrell doesn't come out immediately, I guess shrugs his shoulders and goes on to shopping. Yeah, he can find Jarrell later. So Jarrell, you are led out of the office. She unlocks the doors, opens them, and with a wave of her hand, lights the ever-burning lamps that line the walls of this lab. When it lights up, you see that there are no windows. Along the far wall are rows of cabinets that are closed and locked. In the center of the room are four. Jarrell would probably recognize them as looking a little bit like coffins, but they're round on the edges and they're made of metal. Like a long, low box that looks like a lid opens up? Yeah. Are they person-sized? They are person-sized. Does it look like the methodology that she might intend is that people lie down in these boxes and you close them? <laughs> that would be an assumption that Jarrell would probably come to. They're pretty expressive and not very good at hiding what they're thinking. They've learned a measure of keeping their expression calm, but their eyes always give it away. Like, most of their face is just kind of like an interested mask, and their eyes look like gold coins. Just like, what the (laughs) fuck is this? You also note that there is a large, intricate spell circle that the metal boxes are sitting on. Um, And also, roll a insight or survival. I'd prefer to roll an insight, please. Roll insight. (laughs) Jesus. 13. Okay. You would assume that the placement of everything in the middle of this room has a significance to it, but you can't quite pinpoint what the significance is. Can I roll like an investigation or an arcana on the boxes in the spell circle? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, finally. Uh, 25. You recognize the spell circle from that book that Arden obtained at ends. Is it the explodey person circle? <laughs> it is not the exact same spell circle. There has been modifications, but the overarching forms are very similar. And when you get closer, you see that there's actually liquid inside these containers. Okay, cool. (laughs) Jarrell looks at the tanks and looks at Marin and looks at the tanks and looks at Marin again and says, So, a question. When you say one-time assistance, does it perchance entail climbing in one of those and you closing it and then you doing something? (laughs) She smiles. The first two... Yes, the last... No. I do not cast anything on this end. You see, these pods send the rider, we'll use that word, to the place where they can get the reagent. And she motions you over to the cabinets at the far wall. So it's sort of a transportation device? Yes. 
Drill's actually, like, slightly relieved because they were kind of thinking, is she putting people in these pods and, like, sucking the life out of them? Was their initial kind of thought? She raises an eyebrow at Drill's expression that I'm sure completely reveals what they're thinking. It would definitely come across that they were like, oh, thank God. Oh, goodness, no. Do you think I would be... Humanoids do not have the kind of power within them. Look, Marin, you have to admit these look like coffins. It was not an unreasonable assumption. <laughs> that is, there's only. Why would I make something large enough to hold a human that's any larger than it absolutely has to be? Have you considered, though, perhaps the optics of it? Like, maybe standing them upright would look more like a door and less like a life. You know, I thought about a swimming pool in the middle of the room, but that seemed even sillier. Jarell kind of purses their lips, and they're like, um, still maybe better than the coffin look, but anyway, you were, you were going to explain. <laughs> she unlocks one of the cabinets and opens it up and the cabinet has multiples of these canisters inside of them the canisters that you saw in the office these canisters in the cabinet have a dark substance inside of them she takes one of them and hands it over to you this is the reagent that can be used for anything I go ahead and take it and I examine it. What you see here is tangible arcane energy. It can be used in all sorts of ways. And currently, I am using to power the city's furnaces over the winter. What's it? It's just dark. Yeah, it's a dark. Like, how are you examining the cylinder? I think they're just sort of turning it over, almost like a little seesaw, and watching it slosh back and forth. So you, you're turning it over and over, and the substance inside of it acts kind of like molasses. It slurps really slowly to the bottom. Jarell actually looks, like, really disappointed. This is distilled arcade energy? You'd think it'd be, you know, shinier? Like, maybe gold? Well, I don't know what distilled arcane energy from here looks like, but this is what we can get from there. And she motions with her hand to the pods in the middle of the room. From your coffin pods. From your transport pods. Yes. Is that what you're calling them? Transport pods? I honestly had not thought of a name for them. They're just kind of the thing. You know, it is important to think about branding when you're... Well, we can talk about that later. I'm not worried about branding. (laughs) She, like, gives you this really confused look. (laughs) (laughs) They're returning the confused look like, what do you mean you've invented something and you're not thinking about branding? (laughs) Well, all right. So what I am asking is, I have before, over and over again, used this contraption to successfully transport myself to 
where it goes and come back with this. And she motions to the substance. I have never been able to use all four of these. And she motions to the pods in the center of the room at once. I have reason to believe that if all four of them were used, it would result in a more fruitful yield. So let me uh, play this out and see if I understand correctly. You want four people to go in your death po- uh, transport pods and travel somewhere and do something and bring back this and they hold up the really disappointingly gross looking magic (laughs) which has them pretty bummed out and then come back and you think that this return will be exponential enough such that um, it'll be a one time deal? One, it is quite a bit more concrete once you get into the pods. Once you get into the pods, you will be in a different plane of existence. Once you are in this other place, you will find a tree and there is a tap in that tree. All you have to do is fill the empty canister with that substance and transport yourself back. So the way these death uh, transport pods work, um, you just have to really want to go, and then the, the spell does the rest? Essentially, yes. And, and this substance... They kind of swish the canister again and are kind of looking down at it. It's keeping the whole town heated through the winter? How, how long has that been going on? Oh, we've been using it for the past two years. And does the leadership of the town know this? Yeah. So if if so much of the town depends on it, I I rather wonder at you having difficulty finding volunteers who are uh, willing to to go about this for you. Well, you see, as you pointed out, they do look a little bit like death pods. And she, like, gives you a look. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. This is not the sort of thing that I would present to the public you understand the populace doesn't really understand us as researchers we are ever looking for the next big thing the next greater good i can't expect the common folk of mithrin to really get what i'm doing uh Jarell is kind of looking at her and up to this point they've been looking at her with kind of a great deal of skepticism and going, I don't know about this at all, like, we want a fact-finding mission, I'm going to relay this all back to Arden and N, maybe the others and we'll see if there's anything we need to do about this um, but when she says that, they're kind of paused a little bit, like that's something that they are like yeah, I completely understand where you're coming from on that well, it's certainly an interesting proposal. Um, I can't really say how, what my, uh, you do know we don't have, like, we're not some kind of, like, adventuring band or something, right? You know that we're not some kind of mercenary company. <laughs> I assumed, and I mean, 
obviously take your time to think it over. This is a lot that I have just thrown at you. I don't think it's anything that you can't comprehend. Jill takes that as condescending and gives her kind of like a big, sweet smile that doesn't really reach their eyes. Like, well, thank you. It certainly sounds like a very fascinating project of great importance to the city. I will certainly discuss it with my friends and uh, get back to you. Lovely. They kind of hand the canister back to her in a perfunctory sort of way. She puts it back in the cabinet, closes the cabinet, locks it. What does she do with the key afterward? (laughs) She puts it back in her pocket. Okay, cool. I'm assuming that when we came into the lab, it was kind of the same deal. She, like, pulled a ring out and opened it. Yes, yeah, yeah. And there's no windows in here. Just curious. (laughs) There is the window in the double doors. Cool. Cool, cool. Death bonds. (laughs) Well, definitely think it over. I believe that this would be something you could also benefit from this reagent and she's like walking back towards the entrance to the lab as she's saying this kind of leading you that direction Mm -hmm. um, can be used for far more than just a simple fuel Um, it certainly seems like there would be they kind of start rambling a little bit like yeah it seems like there are a lot of different ways that this could be applied depending on kind of like Mm -hmm. if you ran into any issues with impurities or just kind of like thinking out loud yeah, and like it ends up being like a back and forth where Jarrell says something, Marin's like, yes, and it can also be used for, and it's that back and forth. Yeah, just kind of like throwing spaghetti at the wall a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and she's joining in wholeheartedly. Uh, and before you know it, you are back at the entrance to the lab. She's shutting the doors behind you and locking them again and saying, well, thank it over. If your friends would be willing, I would absolutely love to have your help in this experiment, just let me know. Well, it certainly sounds like a fascinating opportunity. I will be sure to let you know. (laughs) (laughs) They say it almost like committee voice, like, we will take that under consideration. She rolled insight on you. (laughs) (laughs) Do I just roll deception against her? Do you mean that sincerely, or do you mean that... I mean, they're definitely going to talk about it. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, you're fine. Okay. Jarrell has maybe, like, if they relay this to the group and the whole group was like, yeah, this sounds great, then they'd be like, "Eh, eh, sure. But I think they're kind of going, holy shit, this is kind of crazy. Interesting (laughs) and promising, but Arden seems to have problems with it and seems to have problems with it. I think it's 90% the death box. They're really freaked out by those coffins. (laughs) And they're like, so you're setting me where? Like, that sounds crazy. Um, The unlimited power sounds cool. The death box, maybe (laughs) not. Anyway, uh, as they're heading out, they're going to ask her real quickly. "Um, I noticed there was um, another lab in the other wing. Would I be in your way in there? Or is there, is, is that being used at all? Oh, that's N's lab. You'd have to ask her about it. They kind of look at her questioningly. Is she another another researcher in town? We worked together up until recently. Oh, right. Is she around the lab often? Well, it sounds like it's being used then. 
Yeah, I mean, both of our research, it's used to heat the town, so it's more like a seasonal thing. The winter is upon us, which means we're both going to be working in our labs. I see. Well, I don't want to be in either of your way. Oh, no, you wouldn't be at all. Uh, there was one thing I wanted to know. Mm-hmm. What was Arden like as a five-year-old? <coughs> Arden is just nonchalantly buying a new short sword from the blacksmith and is trying really hard to like participate in the conversation but also not as Rothko is just going on and on about oh you were one of the ones last night that helped with Vim and Jarrell and Cyrus and it's just on and on like this they were just uh, uh, in yes, here but the, earlier but, but the short sword sir um is this <laughs> <laughs> and he like hands over the short sword are you sure all you want is a short sword vim said that victor arendale was taking care of the coin behind this is there anything else well, i'll have to think on it but yes that is that is true perhaps i should take this opportunity to get a little bit more than just a short sword. Oh, we can upgrade it to mechanically plus one short sword <laughs> with slightly better materials put a little magic into it. Hmm. I will think on it. But for now, just the short sword. Please. Alright. You do you. And he like hands over the short sword really triumphantly. <laughs> The camera cuts over to Vim and Cyrus, who are leaving the library. Vim, I think we've got all I need for the ritual. Is there anything you want to do? Any more of those erotic novels you want to peruse? Um, uh, no, no, that's fine. We can, we can head out now. Are you sure? Judy's a good writer. I've read most of her works. <laughs> no, I think I've seen, uh, you know, I think I've seen enough of what Judy does. I, yeah, you know what? I have something else I need to take care of while we're here. And Vim kind of looks around and she, I guess, pinpoints the sign that says mail room. Mm hmm. And she kind of points over it and then looks at Cyrus and says, I actually have I have a letter I've been thinking about writing and the post office is just there. Uh, if, if you don't mind, this should only take a second. Not at all. Do you need some paper? And I grab a book and just rip a couple pages out. <laughs> You know what? I would much rather do this than spend a couple silver on something that the post office has. Wait, this one has a bunch of words on it. Let me find a, a blank cover page. And I grab another book and I pull out that oh that God. blank page before the... Letters should not be allowed near book. Oh, no. All right, I've got the, a blank one. Here we, let's go. This is perfect. Her eyes are kind of fixed on this blank sheet of stolen paper as they, I don't know, walk the hundred feet over to where the mailing office is. Mm -hmm. 
the mailing office is like a small kiosk. So Vim walks over to like the kiosk in mm-hmm. the center, and I guess she grabs the quill that is attached to the kiosk by like a little <laughs> leather cord. <laughs> yes. So from the kiosk, she pulls out a like a free mailing slip. And she writes on the mailing slip, uh, addressed to the shining and glorious gall of the mother elephant. And then she adds whatever magical address is needed for the mm-hmm. mail to find its way towards him. Yeah, yeah. And she takes this stolen piece of paper from like the front of some fancy book. And she looks up at the ceiling, sighs deeply. And then writes out the words. I spoke with him. He told me who he is. He told me how the two of you are connected. And he told me what he did for you. Is it true? And then she sighs again and signs her name and then folds up the piece of paper, puts it in the mailer, and then, I guess, gives it to the clerk along with the appropriate amount of money for postage. Yeah, it's Simon. He comes trotting over <laughs> no. from the shop, takes care of the payment for the letter, and says, I will have this sent off directly. And Vim looks kind of nervously at it, and she's, like, really fixating on the letter. How, how, how long do you think it'll take to get to to get to them? I kind of want to know when I can expect a. I mean, I guess the response is based off the person I'm mailing it to, but how long until they get it? It usually takes one to three business days for. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> the magic doesn't work on Sundays. <laughs> one to three business days for the sending to make it to its intended recipient Uh, you could expect a response earliest about three business days from now thanks Simon I guess I'll be back then or if um just any time Jarell comes by, they're like the short gold one. <laughs> you can just give my mail to them. Oh, okay. Yeah, they'll be in again. I'll give it to them. Perfect. Just as you say that, Jarell walks in. <laughs> the short gold one. <laughs> oh, Vim, Cyrus. Although currently in blue. Yeah. Yeah, they're wearing a, a like a blue robe. You're in oh. blue. Jarell makes the weirdest face when you say that, like, kind of like half, well, yeah, and half, yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit, Vim, now Jarell's here. We're going to have to stick around longer. <laughs> oh, you don't have to. I was just going to drop off a few things and check the mail. Well, I think I'll take you up on that offer. By the way, I am going to summon a monster later. Goodbye. What? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Jarell just kind of waves it off as like, okay, Cyrus is being Cyrus. Bim shrugs and then looks at Jarell. Well, it's not your usual colors, but it is rather dashing. Now, I uh, I do think Cyrus needs a chaperone, so <laughs> I will be on my way. 
Oh, sounds sounds good. Jarrell pulls some paper out of their uh, their robe. <laughs> And somehow in the last, like, day and a half or whatever, since last time they were here, they've already managed to write, like, three or four more letters. <laughs> but they also pull out one that's heavy, and when they put it down on the desk, it, like, clunks. Jarrell took the amulet that they uh, stole from Rowan and, uh, like, wrote a letter to his family. Like, a kind mm-hmm. of to whom it may concern sort of letter. Wait, to Rowan's family? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, saying, yeah, so this is what happened, except it's probably very formal. Um, (laughs) (laughs) To whom it may concern, blah, 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 that you might want this back. We beat the shit out of your son and nearly killed him. (laughs) They did not say that. They definitely, it was all very, like, passive But he totally deserved it, because he was a (laughs) dick. <laughs> like you, it may interest you to know this happens. It seemed like this might be important. I'm oh. sending it back to you, and then they sent all that to their uncle on the coast, hoping like I don't know. I'm not really sure where these people went from. It seemed really foreign. Here's as many of the names I can remember. Uh, could you try and deliver this to someone who might know these people? Huh. Okay. So Vim is like halfway in the door, uh, but then I think out of the corner of their eyes, sh- she like hears the click on the counter from this very heavy letter, and can't help but look over at Jarrell and say, "That's that's quite the letter you're mailing off. Who is it to this time? Is it one of your oh what was it eight eight siblings?" Jarrell looks slightly deer in headlights for a minute, and they're like, "No, it's um." The lieutenant had a, um, well, it seemed like he had quite a storied family, and I, I thought they might want to know what had happened, and so I thought I'd send them um, an update. I don't really know how to find them, but we saw the, you know, the the family tree, and um, I thought my uncle, who's the trader on the coast, might might recognize the name. Right, and you know, the the kind of the the messaging magic kind of has a way of finding a way. Yeah. That's really good of you, Jarrell, to update him on the situation. Joe kind of shrugs. Well, you know, if it were my family, I'd want to know. And uh, though it seems like they might have parted on poor circumstances, I, we've all had black sheep in the family. We, we still are interested in where they've gone. At that, Vim... Like, she looks out the window at the sky for a second, almost longingly, in a way, and then looks back at Jarrell. Yeah. Outtakes. They check their mail, too, before they go, but Candace isn't here to tell me if I got anything. (laughs) I'm just assuming if I did, it wasn't important. (laughs) Drill has received 800 letters from Damiar. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's not inaccurate, probably. (laughs) All the letters from Damiar are like, stop telling me about fucking pies that you're eating in weird villages. Oh my god. If you've, like, got on any dates yet. This is very boring. (laughs) Can I roleplay Damiar in, like, a a flashback? Yes. (laughs) I don't know what the flashback will be, but yes. What's your Damiar voice? Let's hear the Damiar voice. 
Well, I think that there are a number of parties that are happening around the corner that really could benefit from my presence. (laughs) 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 Or something along those lines. Actually, excellent. I think that's good. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. If I can take a minute more of your time, I want to plug a show. This isn't a a normal promo swap. I don't have a clip for you to listen to. I'm just going to prattle on about how much I love this show. It's called the Dice Shame Podcast. It's a bunch of those kooky Canadians up north that do it. These guys sound freaking professional, and it makes sense, too. I guess they've been doing a Twitch streaming show for years now called the Invictus Stream. Maybe you've heard of it. If you haven't, check their podcast out, though. Dice Shame Podcast. It's a Storm King Thunders book campaign. Uh, four guys, one lady GM, a million different voices, a million different emotions, and tons of hack and slash combat with some cool character growth. I can't give too many spoilers, but man, there's consequences for all that hacking and slashing that really weighs heavy on some of the characters. It's, it's so good.